Greetings, everybody. This is a Travel Addict podcast where you can hear candid stories and discussions about business and adventure travel from around the world with activities such as trekking, diving, camping, driving, cruising, and just plain chilling out somewhere. We talk about lots of experiences in places all over the world, including the grand, the remote, the edgy, the risque, and ones of questionable merit. Education, fulfillment, and wonder enrich our lives. And of all the books in the world, the best stories are found between the pages of a passport. Stay tuned. Hello, Malcolm Teasdale here, The Travel Addict. This is a pre-Thanksgiving Day podcast. No more after this until after Thanksgiving. And to be honest with you, it should be pretty darn good. Uh, Wayne Butler is here. Now, He's been um, sort of writing about his life and adventures, of which there are many, uh, but there's some personal issues thrown in there, grappling demons and moments of shame, wild times. I can't believe that sounds a bit like me. (laughs) And bewildering behavior, he calls it. Okay, over three decades. Well, hi, Wayne. Hello. How are you, Malcolm? All right, thanks. Yeah. But the main thing is, Wayne, you're still alive, right? Yes. To talk barely. about it. I'm still here. Yeah, barely. Okay, uh, got it. Uh, for, for this yeah. moment in time, at least anyway. So that that's a good thing. So what we do is get right on to this. And uh, interesting profile, um, which I've got in front of me here. So I do have some questions for you. Sure. And, uh, you know, I want to make sure that uh, you're, you're free to say whatever you want, right? Absolutely. Okay, got I'm it. Under no restrictions, I I am an independent, private uh, contractor consultant now. So I left corporate America um, a few years ago. So completely out of the, I, I'm out in the clear. You're out in the clear. But wait a minute, your background is a picture because it looks like you're not in Florida right now. Well, I took this back. This is kind of a, a theme that I have running through my book. This is a very unique photo I took when I was living uh, in Wilmington, Delaware. And it was a freak weird Saturday. I loved going out in the mornings, taking photos. And on the Delaware River, it had snowed and then it, the, it started to rain and the river started to overflow. But as it started to overflow, the banks were still covered with snow. So it came and gave this really eerie sensation of a photo that we have here that I thought was eerie enough for the cover of my book. Um, so we went with that. That's it. Of course, everyone who's listening can't see this, but it's... it's uh... Decent looking picture. Now you haven't got this where you are right now. Well, we got we no. got uh, bad weather right here, but we knew that was coming, and it's perfect timing for Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, and here in Clearwater, we've got great skies so far, so fingers right. crossed it stays that way. <laughs> got it. Now, obviously, if it starts snowing in the background, there I'll start worrying about it. Yeah, you know, you know, <laughs> true, you, true. You know, you anyway, look, um, some questions about uh, what you stated in your profile. Um, when you say self-discovery, now feel free to share this or not share it. It's up to you. Sure. You had two things that I, I read about this that, that you had, personal demons and moments of shame. Okay, tell me about the personal demons. Sure. So I struggled uh, early on. Um, I grew up with a family that uh, was around alcohol and such, and I grew up pretty young um tinkering with with alcohol i never wanted to do drugs that was not my thing but 
I thought I'd try to be the cool kid. And uh, even in eighth grade, I would sneak in gin. Now imagine bringing gin into a thermos. And at seven o'clock in the morning, a couple of us would sit outside waiting for class to start and we passed the thermos around. Um, so that kind of stuck with me for a while. Um, and I was pretty good at managing through it. Uh, but after a while, I just got into trouble. And of course, with all my international travels and adventures, you find yourself hunting to the local pubs and uh, you just get into some not so not so interesting uh, or, or maybe interesting situations. Well, all right. Let's tell you, talk about the school days. You've taken yeah. gin into school. How begs the question, where did you get it from? And you must have got caught doing it. I, I don't know. How'd you, how'd Actually, you I never did that? get to see the interesting thing. I never did get caught. Um, how I did it was um, I would just take a little bit um, and then mix it with orange juice. And I would take it from my dad's liquor cabinet. And then I would refill because gin is clear. So I would refill it with water. And he never he never caught on that his, his gin was actually watered down. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, um, I, I guess. I, I mean, I, to be fair, I wasn't doing it all the time. It was just uh, maybe initially just to get attention, to try to be one of the popular kids in school. Um but it was just something that kind of started as a little gimmick at first. And uh, maybe that was the inkling of where it created some inner demons to where I kind of enjoyed it after a while and uh, came, uh, you know, pretty good at uh, holding my own liquor, but enjoying, you know, good beers and wines and, and such. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, so you, you got a bit addicted there, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's and a good way. To put is it. this what led you to the moment of shame thing? God, I did bad when I was a kid. And, uh, you you got your act together, so to speak, or is that the only issue really, you know? Yeah, that's it. That was really it, that sometimes it would get out of control. And I think that's where the discovery component comes in to where, fortunately for me, I, I kept a journal since 1990 and I still do today. And I can reflect back on and see those silly things. You're like, what the heck was I thinking? Uh, even in some jobs that I've had. So uh, I'll share one with you that you're just like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Um, so right out of high school, I was working at a hospital and uh, I was a lab tech assistant and I worked the weekends in what was called a 3240. So you work 32 hours, you get paid 40 hours. And basically you work two 16 hour shifts. Yeah. So that meant I was working uh, the midnight shift in the lab and it was just me and two other uh, technicians. Well, you know, think of a 19-year-old kid that's really curious about bodily fluids and you have a microscope. So you can imagine where that goes and what kind of specimen you might want to look at. And a little later on, of course, I have to clean the microscopes and I didn't clean one too well. And uh, the we had a specimen come in for a urine analysis. The technician, the senior technician looks at it and he's like, how in the heck does an 85-year-old man have sperm in his urine? Wait a minute. Let's put two and two together here. Somebody, A, didn't clean the microscope well enough, and B, what the heck are you doing looking at your own specimen? <laughs> so, so that was a bad move initially, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'll, you I'll can kind of put two and two together to where, you know, shenanigans like that would happen. And... Let, let, lesson learned. Lesson learned. Yeah, okay. exactly. Okay. Well, poor part of growing up, isn't it? You know, looking back, well, two things come to mind here. Doing a journal is a great thing to do. Yes, it is. Because then you can look back. It's like having photographs and videos, but putting stuff down in writing is good. And you go back and read about it. I keep scrapbooks as well. So I can go back and um, periodically look at them 
And I, I did the other day, actually, looked at an old scrapbook. And I said, I can't, I, I had a concert ticket. I went to this concert. I said, I can't believe I went to see this band live. And I must have done. So, uh, yeah, that, it's just how right. it comes back to you. Then it does. I a bit more. I said, yeah, I do. I still sort of remember now. Exactly. And it's, and it's, it's really, it's, it's also helpful, not just in the memories, but also cathartic to say, what can I learn from that? And how can I pivot to do something different? And that's yeah. part of what I write about where I think about, okay, how do I want to spend my emotional currency moving forward? What I mean by that is it's a different way of saying, you know, how do you want to spend your time? So if I look back and I said, you know, I write about spending an hour or two hanging out with friends at a bar. Well, I spent physical currency, sure, but I also spent emotional currency there. Was the value of that really good? And would I do that again today? The answer is probably not. I'd rather spend it somewhere else with people. But so those, you know, when you look back on it, it's a good good uh, lesson and cathartic to where you want to say, okay, let's do things different as we move forward. Okay. I, I like that term, actually, emotional currency. I can't recall having heard that before, but I get it. Well, I, I kind of came up with it in the sense of using um, my J.P. Morgan Chase background in, in banking and saying, okay, we we all think about investing money, yeah, but and we think, do we really think about how do we invest time in not just places but also people, yeah, and what's the return on that investment? So if I invest time like we're doing today, I'm hoping that part of that investment is that maybe we continue with a connection after the podcast. Yeah, that's 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 a great return. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Yeah. Well, there you right. go. Now, you had an opportunity to study in London. When you said London, I think you mean London, England, not London, Ontario, right? Correct. London, England. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> did, so did you go to university there or just? Uh, what, I did. I, well, I learned very quick that um, my very first day, I have my suitcase and I'm walking across campus. And I see this beautiful young lady. So imagine, you know, Central Florida kid, never been overseas. And, you know, I'm like, okay, well, there's a beautiful young lady carrying her, her school books. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, do you go to school here? And as you, being British, would understand, it's like the response I got was a very sarcastic, no, I don't go to school here. I'm in university. So immediately <laughs> I understood, okay, I'm not in school. Like we would always, you know, often say in the States. Oh, where do you go to school? I go to University of Florida or Florida State. Yeah. But there, it's definitely university. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Lesson learned. It's funny you should mention that because uh, I've just started uh, another podcast with an old buddy of mine, and it's called Two Brits in America. And we've been living <laughs> in the States for a very long time. And we've started one about all the language nuances, the culture, and the things, all the fails we had when we first came here. And we got so many episodes to talk about, and what you just said reminded me of when I first came to America. Yes, I did make some mistakes on what I said, obviously. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah that's all right. You got to right. accept it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, damn, Brit, he does what he's talking about. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, whereabouts in London were you, by the way? I was in Central London in uh, Marleybone. Um, oh yeah. So, I my first flat was. Um, just off of Edgware Road and George Street, so down by um, Oxford Street near Speaker's Corner. Whenever you live in London, you will be able oh, to yes. a local pub or two. Um, there is the local pub, The Angel, which yeah. is still there. Now it's, um, I think it's called Angel in the Fields, uh, yeah. that I went back to a few years ago. 
and um, it's still there. They refurbished it a little bit, but uh, still a lot of great memories there. And uh, we would always go there after class or after rugby match. Um, that would be the place where yeah, all the guys would have our pints. When you went in the pub, you didn't see a picture of yourself in there, did you? No. No, I'm, but there might be one coming up because we're going to do a little reunion there soon. <laughs> All so right. Who knows? Hey, well, how, how long were you there for, by the way? Uh, just over a year. Okay. Yeah. So, so I did you, a year there. About, I yeah. Yeah. But then I came back to the States, went to a university in the States to okay. finish up. Excellent. All right. Okay. So you've done a bit of globe trotting. interested, obviously being around the States, uh, Latin America, Europe, Asia, et cetera. And yep. also, you mentioned the far-off landscapes in Australia. I mean, when when you say that, do you mean, did you tour around the outback there? No, I went to Australia uh, mostly to do diving with great white sharks. Um, I'd always been fascinated with them since I watched the movie Jaws. Yeah. And a friend of mine, uh, a really close friend of mine at the time I was working with, uh, we worked together at the bank. I had to always talk about it. And she said, well, let me ask you a question. Do you, do you have a hotline to God? And I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? She's like, can you just call the guy up and say, Hey, give me some extra time. You know, I want to make sure I've got 10 years. I'm like, nobody has that. Of course. She's yeah. like, then get off your butt and go do it. Yeah. So I researched um, Rodney Fox, who was the, he was the senior tech individual and expert on great whites in Australia that helped Steven Spielberg film yep. Jaws. And um, he had a small touring uh, group out of uh, Adelaide. And so I decided I'm going to do a trip and uh, went down there, spent some time in Melbourne, and then um, did a seven-night, eight-day expedition with him and his son. Uh, went through the Neptune Islands and went diving with great white sharks, living on oh. a boat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Did you... Um people probably thinking that when you actually dove in an area where great whites are, were you in a cage or open it? Well, most of the dives. Yes. Um, and this was back in the early two thousands and our very first dive was actually in Neptune Island, which is North, I think Northwest of, um, kangaroo island yeah. and our very first dive were just right off the island and there's Australian fur seals. And we like, okay, let's go dive with the fur seals. And then while we're down there, let's pick up some lobsters and some abalone if we found some abalone, which, by the way, is phenomenal to eat. Yep. And um, probably 30 minutes into the dive, and it's only like a 20 feet dive. It's not very it's not very deep mm -hmm. there. Yeah. And we start uh, next. And there's like eight of us. Next thing you know, one person pops up. The next person pops up. We take off our uh, our mask and uh, regulators. And we're like, um, we're swimming well at cages and we're with seals and don't sharks eat the seals? What are we doing? <laughs> so that's when a little a realization hit that, okay, we need to be a little bit more careful. Uh, and that was the first dive. We're all excited to get on the dive, but then it kind of hit us that we're really in shark water. Yeah. And the rest of the dives we did it with, uh, with, with cages. With the cages. Yeah. I just wanted to, that because I, I went diving with whale sharks in the Philippines one year. That, okay. that, that's the world's largest fish, by the way. These things are 36 feet long. And these are gentle giants. Oh yeah, yeah. So you could, I got real up close to them, and uh, but they're just beautiful creatures, and but they're totally harmless, totally opposite to the great sure. white. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, just a, a comparison there. Great experience. All right, excellent. So you went to yeah, and they they seem. Um, I mean, for the most part, they were rather docile when they're in their natural habitat and they're yeah. not feeding. 
um, they're, they're majestic and beautiful creatures. And yeah. the largest one we were fortunate to see was close to 18 feet long, mm-hmm. which is massive for a great white. Yeah. Uh, so it's a very, very big shark. Yeah, they are. Well, anyway, you didn't get eaten. That's the main thing. Eh? <laughs> I'm still yeah, here. Right. <laughs> All right, you've been to quite a few places. Now let's pick Latin America. Yes. What what's your, what was your favorite place in Latin America? Well, Brazil um, definitely learned about uh, since many of these trips did um, partake in some adult beverages. I did learn about their sugar. Um, was it cachaça? Uh, the cachaça liquor, which is like a sugar cane rum almost, but yeah. very, very potent. And they put that into a Brazilian drink called Capriana. And, uh, but a group of us, so it was part of my MBA, international MBA program. Yeah. Uh, so we went down to study in Sao Paulo, uh, which was a great trip and uh, learned a great deal about the the local culture and environment. Yeah. Uh, beautiful city, very, very big city. Uh, but then, uh, my favorite still is probably Bogota, Colombia. I I like Bogota, Bogota quite a bit. Uh, I did not like Mexico city. Monterey was interesting in Mexico. I like Monterey. It's actually a pretty city. Uh, but, um, Bogota, I find quite interesting, uh, in the sense that people are very genuine and friendly there. And, despite the the concept of drugs drugs are everywhere it's a problem in many countries it wasn't it, it didn't seem that prevalent or big and like many countries you have homeless people that no one yeah. you know bothered me except for one i will tell you this brief story about one home i so where i where i had my apartment there I was uh, across the street from a park near montserrat yeah. yeah which is a tall mountain with a statue of christ next to yeah. a catholic church and i would walk through this park every day and I'd see certain homeless people, and I'm six one. I'm clearly a gringo American. Guy. Yeah. And uh, this one gentleman comes up to me, rugged, dark hair, dark complexion, and he's like, "Yo, you're an American. You're American. Give me some money. Give me." And I'm yeah. like, "No." And he's like, "Come on, man. I'm from New York." I'm like, "The only homeless person I've ever been bothered by is a, a New Yorker." And this so, was in Bogota. In Bogota. So I, I finally, I said, I'll tell you what, uh, there's a little coffee shop uh, cart. So I yeah. said, I'll tell you what, I'll buy you some water and um, give you a couple of uh, pesos. And yeah. just, I'm curious, how the heck did you end up here being homeless? And his story was a, you know, a tragic story about getting hooked up on certain drugs and yeah, never left. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that's, been... that's tragic, but you, you do see that occasionally. Yeah. My, I've been to Bogota a couple of times and I stayed, there's a, there's a Radisson there, I the Radisson something, and it mm-hmm. was a decent hotel. And I was outside the hotel one day, and uh, there was a car being searched across the street. And I took a picture of it. All of a sudden, I got a rifle pu- pushed in my chest. <laughs> uh, only because I was taking a picture. I was like, didn't mean wow. it. Oh, yeah. And, um, but on the way from the airport to the hotel, we went through an area where there was a car on fire with no one around. It was a bit strange. Anyway, I was there for work, but it went well. And, uh, you know, then the second time I went, got a letter through the door. He said, hey, Malcolm, just be ready. We're off to driving, uh, going to Medellin today. And Medellin uh, beautiful city. Yeah. 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 And uh, so so that, that's really good. Now, you mentioned on your profile about divorce or something in Bogota. Is, did, did you, were you married at that time when you went there or, or did 
Um, I well, the first time I went to Bogota, I was married. Yeah. Uh, and then the second time this past, I was staying there for several months this past year, and I was going through my divorce at that point in time. Got, got it. Yeah. yeah. So I went there to kind of actually that's where I went to kind of clear my head and, you know, recalibrate what I wanted to do in the second phase of my life, which I really started to write the book. Yeah. And um, had a lot of self-reflection at that point. Like what, what kind of idiot was I really in the first, you know, 40 plus 30 years going <laughs> up past, and I say that in the sense of after I hit past my teens um, and what are some life lessons and how do we pivot? And again, thinking about emotional currency, where do I want to spend it moving forward and what's the best way to invest it uh, as I yeah. go forward. So I got to meet some really interesting people um, that I still stay in touch with quite a bit. Um, and, uh, it's, it's just, I, I, I fell in love with the city. I, I really yeah. do enjoy it and I will yeah. be back. And I experienced this, in, I went to Rio and, uh, for work and the general manager of the, the company I went to see said, Malcolm, I know where you're staying. Be careful what you do at night time. And I said, why? And he said, well, you're a gringo. I said, <laughs> and I said, and I, he told me why why it was named that. It was because when the uh, the foreign arms were there from the America, they were dressed in green, and the locals were saying "Green Go, Green Go," and that's where it right. came from. Actually, it was interesting. But suffice it, I, I didn't uh, take any notice, and I did go out on the town in Rio, where it was quite fascinating, actually. And I wrote a chapter in one of my books called "Gringo on the Loose in Rio." <laughs> anyway, I can't, I can't go to that. It was. Uh, I will definitely have great. to check that out. Yeah. Did you go to Rio, by the way? I didn't. No. Um, okay. Not yet. It's on my bucket list, but I, I will like. Get okay. There uh, it's this place is closed now, but a, a, a friend of mine said, "If you go to Rio, go to this nightclub. Yeah. It's called the Help Nightclub." Okay. Closed now, but uh, probably after I went there, I don't know. But anyway, it's just closed. Uh, anyway, quick. Now, okay, Europe. What's the what's your favorite place in Europe? aside from london if that was it um well london, I, london still has a special place in my heart yeah uh, aside from that i fell in love with uh sienna i love sienna in italy oh yeah uh, i didn't care about florence or Firenze. um not my favorite i mean it's a pretty city for the most part it's just very yeah. touristy when you get into yeah. the, the, the i found that that area was very pushy and yeah. trying to get you to come into the restaurants and such right so it's nice to see it. Checked it off the list. Um, I enjoyed Florence or mm -hmm. Florenza. Um, that was great. I uh, enjoyed the the Uffizi, and of course, I my 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 uh, sixth sense found a, a great Irish pub owned by two brothers right now, right next to the Uffizi uh, Museum. Um, so it was nice to talk with them and just to get to know their background and how the two yeah. Irish brothers decide to go to Italy and start their own uh, pub. Um, but I, we stayed at a vineyard, uh, in, uh, Siena, just outside of Siena called Dievole, a beautiful vineyard. And what was amazing is that typical American, you get there, you, you get to check in, you want to check in, you get to your room, you want to put all this stuff out. Yeah. I, I get there in, at the, the vineyard, uh, and literally the person would not let us go to the room. They said, you need to relax. You need to have some wine. And they gave us some bread and some uh, cheese and said, just relax, settle mm, down, Okay, yeah. basically, which was great. And it's like, ah, you know what? All right. We we need to slow it down a bit and just enjoy the time and the scenery. Um, I thought the city was beautiful. It's yeah. a small city. 
uh, a walkable city and the scenery is great. Um, mm. The Toscana region is beautiful. So I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah. It, 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 I, I haven't been to Siena itself, but I went to Florence and um, quite like that. A city I didn't like there was Venice because yeah. it's extremely touristy. Yes, exactly. You cram exactly. people in the restaurants there. It's got places to see, but it's to me it was spoiled and uh, probably about five years ago. This is, I wouldn't wouldn't go back there again, but cool. Um, I agree. Well, I agree with you, and I, I had the same experience where you had Maitre D's kind of try to push their way into getting you to come into their restaurant. Yeah. Just like no, ah, yeah. Oh, well, what about Asia? Asia. Um, I think I practically lived in the Philippines for a bit uh, for work. I would go to Manila quite a bit um, and stay there weeks at a time. I'd at least go to Manila once a quarter for a few years and um, got to know the hotel staff quite well, which um, that becomes a little scary when they uh, welcome back, Mr. Butler. How are you? Good to see you again. <laughs> it's like, did I just, I should just live here. Um, I found uh, the Philippines to be nice. Um, Manila is an interesting place. Um, definitely there's some corruption and uh, with the local law enforcement here and there yeah. you see in certain countries. Um, but, you know, one of the things I tend to do when I go, uh, I love to get to know the local environment. So I like, um, just so I can see and go into local shops, go into local markets and grocery yeah. stores, see what the locals are eating and doing. And I also like to see the local news. And what I found interesting, because I'd been to Japan as well, yeah. what I found interesting at the time I was there, there was a big uproar with grandparents, the Filipino grandparents, because their grandkids were taking jobs in Japan. And the grandparents were thinking about how they went through the war and World War II and yeah, things, yeah. things like that. And they're like, how dare you go against what we went through, and which was horrible, by the way. Oh, I yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. And when you actually hear and see some of the things that happened in the Philippines during the war, it was... Uh, you mean with the Japanese invasion? With yeah. the Japanese. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same with Thailand as well. But, oh, yeah, it was unbelievable. So they, really. it was interesting to kind of see that dynamic because I never really thought about it that yeah. way. And then, you actually what i call boots on the ground yep. when you actually are there and seeing it, it was interesting wow. um and then i spent some time in china um i'll tell you two quick stories uh, uh, that really stuck with me in china one is uh, this was uh for my mba program yeah. uh, again an international program um a group of us decided to take a um, hydrofoil from hong kong to macau yep and we're like hey you know we're uh we're we're all business students and we all professional jobs and such Let's get first class, which was only like ten dollars US yeah, dollars, sure. nothing. And it said you're going to get one premium beer and a meal. We're like, even great, ten dollars hydrofoil first class. Yeah, that's right. You know, which is really we were the only ones on the first class yeah. in supper deck. Well, the premium meal was a cup of soup, and the premium beer. Ready for this? Pap's Blue Ribbon beer. You kid! You gotta be kidding me. No, we all looked at each other like, what the heck? But then when you start to think about, okay, it's an import from the United States, maybe the price is higher, who knows? But it, it were like, we looked at each other, we're like, on the way back, we're buying Singtao beer or whatever. We're not, we're not drinking this. Unbelievable. Oh, good Lord. But we went to Macau and had a great time. And then um, the second one where we were in Shanghai, uh, and then we did a tour of a facility that manufactured shoes. And uh, it was it was in a village outside of the city. And this I, the person that was supposed to give a tour for us was a PR leader. Mm -hmm. And he 
didn't show up. Yeah. And so the ops manager gave us the tour, which hopefully this man is still alive because the last thing you want is an ops manager to do a tour for international students because the ops manager has no filter. It's going to tell you, well, this is how things work. Yeah. And <laughs> you walk through the facility and you see these, you know, children that are working there. Well, assume children, but you ask, well, where do you recruit them and things like that? Yeah. And you learn all about the local society and local environment that they go to villages and then they hire the they hire the kids from the parents. Yeah. And then they bring them in and say, well, well, we'll teach them how to bathe and wash and things like yeah. that and we'll feed them and all this stuff. Yeah. And then they give money to the parents. So, you know, it just gives you a different perspective of how things actually work over there because those parents didn't have the money. They came from a village. So it's yeah. actually a better living situation for the children. Yeah. Then, of course, you're like, well, how old are they? And they're like, well, they're 16. Well, how do you know? Well, we just asked the parents. So you kind of figure out, well, what's really going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, but then you, you hear stories like, well, when you started this facility, what are some of the key learnings? Well, we had to teach children about electricity. Well, what do you mean? Well, they didn't have electricity in the village. Well, how did you learn that they had to teach them about electricity? Yeah. Well, and we had some accidents. And so you, you get to see that firsthand, but it kind of gives you a different perspective that get out of your comfort zone and see things from a much more global perspective. Exactly. Uh, um, that, you know, not everything's like it is in the United States or in other major metropolitan countries like, uh, you know, the United Kingdom and such. So it's uh, it's just good to see. It's, it changes your perspective. And, oh, and absolutely. How it's, it's educational, isn't it? And yeah. it, it gives you a better respect for other places on the world to learn how people live and work from day to day. Absolutely. Yeah. God. I mean, when, when you went to Manila, did you, did you say Manila or Makati? Man Manila. Manila, yeah. yeah, the capital, yeah, yeah. The Macau yeah. is just uh, adjacent to that, but uh, yeah. Right. I, the reason I say that, I'll be there in February. Okay. Yeah, I'm staying in the Macau uh, area, uh, so I was going. Well, Makati, actually, Makati is the subpart of the it, of Manila. Manila yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so Makati, uh, that's actually yes. Yeah, that's right yeah right. so it's a it's a it's a decent area. I'm just having an overlay before I I fly over to Hong Kong to get on a cruise ship. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, the, the uh, I'm seeing a. Last time I was there, the Hard Rock Cafe was there, close to the Peninsula Hotel where I would stay at. Yeah, uh, that whole region. Is, I've is stayed at that place as well, Peninsula. Yeah, there. Oh yeah. Well, then they, there they we're at the same place. Oriental there, that gone away though. But yeah, decent hotel. Oh, yep. the Hard Rock's there, and uh, well, that's good. I, I'm staying at the the New World McCarty Hotel, which I've never stayed at this place before. Okay, it's supposed to be decent. We'll see. You know. Yeah. Uh, but look, looking forward uh, to that. Yeah, and then the yeah. other the other place in India uh, in Asia has been India. I've been to India quite a bit in yeah. uh, Mumbai, which was a very interesting um, country as well. Very interesting country. Yeah, uh, I haven't I haven't been to Mumbai, uh, but I do understand a little bit about it. But I have spent time in Delhi, and okay. I think there's a probably a similarity there in so much mm -hmm. it's not the type of place you'd want to rent a car. Or, no, uh, no, uh, but uh, yeah. Anyway, that's probably another story, but interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, another story for another time. Oh, there's, good lord! Yeah, a lot of fun yeah. things that happen yeah. there. Uh, but you know, there's all these um, you know great places to see. And um, did you spend any time in Thailand, by the way? No, I did some time in uh, Kuala Lumpur and Singapore, yeah. but uh, 
I haven't, I haven't really been to Thailand yet. Although I have a friend that I worked with uh, the bank. He is in Thailand or has been in Thailand quite a bit and sends me photos and says, you've got to come, you've got to come. So maybe someday. Okay. Soon. <laughs> All, right. All right. Hey, just go back to Manila. And I'm thinking, what's the name of that street? Oh, Padre Borgos Street. Do you know where that yes, is? Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know what I mean. It's, it's a little bit naughty, but it's all right. It's just a a little a, bit naughty. So no. <laughs> yeah. <it's okay. laughs> I, I will tell you on that street. So um, I, I actually this was talking about. I, I mentioned earlier about Manila. There could be some little corruption with some yeah. of the local law enforcement. I jaywalked on that street because often, I mean, here in the states, if you just cross the street and you just run across, nobody cares. Heck, heck half the time there aren't even police officers around in here or in yeah. UK lobbies. Um, so I did that and there was a police officer that saw me and he chased me across the street and wanted to take me right to the magistrate Why? And I said, because I jaywalked and he saw that. I, I mean, first, you know, six, being six, one, you're taller yeah. than most people in the Philippines, but, uh, he wanted to take me right to the magistrate. So he saw that I was well-dressed in a, you know, business attire and it's like, okay, we can get some money out of this guy. I'm going to harass him. So he harassed me for a bit, tried to take me to the magistrate. And I said, look, no, how about I just give you some money in a U.S. dollars? Yeah, I'll pay the fine right here. Yeah. And just right. Good so Lord. I gave him like $40 and he's like, oh, okay, go away. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, that happens probably. I, that, that's never happened to me, I must admit. But yeah, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's an interesting, that's an interesting place. It's like, um, it's like a little Asian area of like certain parts of Amsterdam. It reminds me. <laughs> Yeah, wherever you go in the world. The funny thing you mentioned this earlier about pubs, and I, I always say to people, wherever you go in the world or going to, um, Google British or Irish pubs, wherever you're going to. And two, three years ago, I was in uh, St. Petersburg in Russia, and I typed in that. I, I was amazed at the number of British Irish pubs there. Yeah. Uh, so when I say that, I obviously went to to some of them but whenever you go in the world you can just type that there'll be some more than there's some places like Lhasa Tibet there won't be any but you, you know you, you can type it in you'll find a place to go to uh, a well, I think somewhere. you know there's something more than just nostalgic it's comforting you know it's a smaller table it's more yeah. intimate um I, I just think it's an interesting environment I mean I when I was at the Angel in London that's where I learned how to play backgammon which is a great game yeah. uh and you know just get little people together in a small you know comfortable environment and you just chat about all kinds of things so yeah, you can yeah. play darts maybe or if yeah, you play darts you might yeah. have a snooker table in there or something like that you know yeah so yeah absolutely yeah it's just funny that concept of uh just uh finding a, a, a british well, in the places you wouldn't really expect to see it you know that's, mm -hmm. that's, sure. that's true and uh anyway so what's up next for you um, well, I've got two reunions that we're, we're planning for 2024. So one, I'm getting back to Columbia to see some friends and, and, and loved ones there. Um, two is, uh, my NBA international NBA group. We want to do a reunion. Um, uh, it's going back and forth right now between Asia and also the United States. So we'll figure out where we're going to land on that one. And then my uh, London flatmates and classmates, they want to get back together, especially since some of them read the book and they are like, you changed my name, but I remember this and this because I did yeah. write about some of them. Uh, and they want to get back together in the UK. So I think that's going to happen in the May time frame. Okay, so, got it. 
Yeah, that'd be. I fun. think it's it's great to to always have something to look forward to. Yeah. Absolutely, and I think that's important. Now, now my understanding, up, you're you're kind of booked up for 2024 as well. Is that right? Yeah, pretty much so. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm away. Uh, I'm going this weekend away on a a cruise. It's a new cruise ship that's just come to the Caribbean, so we have to fly down to Barbados and get on that for two weeks, and then. That'll be it for this year. And then I've got to, I, I do the speaking on the cruise ships, but then got the Asia Asia trip coming up in February, March, and then a few other gigs. So anyway, and I'm trying to move house at the same time. So oh, wow. life is complicated. I, I am guilty of probably taking too much on at any one time, you know, <laughs> and mistakes will be made, but uh, yeah, you just have to overcome That's it. okay. That's, that's the way we move forward. That's great. Exactly. Yeah. It's chaotic anyway, but yeah. you've got the book. And so it begins. All right. Yes. And dark dreams, demons, and discovery. Is this like a travel log? Is it more than anything? Um, the second part is more of the travel log. The first part is, you know, given the background of, uh, you know, how did a Central Florida kid grow up in a small town in winter, just outside of Winter Haven? Um, yeah. The town I grew up in is called Eagle Lake, which I remember at the time it did not have a red light, but someone said it did have one red light, so that could be debated. But uh, and then just talked about some of the shenanigans that uh, growing up and what that was like in the, in that town. And then uh, from there, it's like, well, how does someone from that central Florida town just get up one day and say, Hey, I'm going to go to university overseas and go to London. And what was that experience like? And so the book talks about that and then reflecting back on all of those adventures and mm -hmm. misadventures uh, and what did I learn from it? I, what I talk about with emotional currency and emotional currency investments mm -hmm. and um, the dark dream aspect is the very first journal entry I had was actually a dream about getting into a car accident with my best friend. And then two nights and I wrote it down and I told him about it and it was just a weird, crazy thing. And then two nights later on new year's Eve, we were at a party and we decided to go. Um, we, we didn't drive, but we had another person drive us back yeah. to his house. And sure enough, we get into a car accident. The car that he was driving was the same in the dream. The way the accident happened was the same in the dream. And I'm like, that was just freaky. And so that is course, spooky, man. Yeah. And that was my very, very first journal entry. So that's how that's how the whole title comes up to where, okay, first journal entry, a weird dream that happened, and then all these misadventures and adventures. So it begins. So let's really rethink life. And so it begins from here. Yeah. Well, I, I, it's scary because I think of some of the dreams I had. And if it if they happened in real life, obviously, I wouldn't be here today. You know, <laughs> and it, right. it, it makes you think, right? Um, my, my dream is just damn weird anyway. But uh, that's, <laughs> way, that's something that's very strange. But okay, so that's the book. And if anyone wants to find this book, where do they go to? I mean, do you have, sure. what's what web, what's your website or is it? Are you, um, uh, I don't have a website yet. I am working on building it, okay. um, but uh, they can go to amazon.com and find it. Um, just look for, so it begins uh, by C Wayne Butler. Yeah. And, and uh, they can also find me on Facebook at C Wayne Butler or LinkedIn at C Wayne Butler. Okay. Uh, my uh, Instagram is a little different at Turner blade. But um, as I build the website out, it will be linked to what you'll see on Twitter. And now uh, TikTok is Wayne Butler ECI, which is Motional Currency Investment. So Got you'll it. start to see more around Wayne Butler ECI. So Got that's it. how you right. find it. Yeah. All right. Interesting. So yeah. um, 
I don't know how old you are, Wayne, but obviously you, 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 you've done a lot. And I don't think that's going to go away anytime soon because you want to, you're going to keep active because it's in your oh, book, absolutely. right? Yeah. Well, I have a second book I'm working on now that will get into more of the adventures that we have talked about, like Australia, yeah. um, things that happen in uh, Edinburgh, which I, that's another great city we can talk about. Oh, that's some a great city. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and very fascinating about that city. Um, so more stories about that. And then India and China in yeah. more detail. So that's going to be in the second book and also flushing out more of the emotional currency investment concept. Yeah. 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 That's actually. Uh, born and raised in Comtry, England. Um, I never went to Scotland until I moved here, which doesn't make okay. any sense, right? And then I uh, just went back there one day and went to Edinburgh, and I thought, this is quite a cool city, and then went yeah. to play golf at St. Andrews and uh, had to tackle yep. the um, the Scottish caddies there who were just on my case all the time when I did a mediocre shot. <laughs> well, that's a beautiful course, very flat course, but beautiful course. Well, oh, yeah, if you can handle the 40-mile-an-hour winds. The winds. And, and the gorse bushes there, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, um, it is. And then Edinburgh's great with just the fascinating stories like Frankenstein, where Mary Shelley wrote it in the graveyard, um, or she came up with it with Lord Byron in the yeah. graveyard um, at the base of the castle. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just a lot of interesting stories there. Yeah, that, there is indeed. Quick story though, it just it's just on my mind. Yeah, sure. When I played golf, that was just me, and then there mm -hmm. was a, a guy from Boston, Mass, and two Swedish guys. And the Swedish guys had Sc Scottish caddies. Well, I was the only Englishman, so they really what we call taking the piss out of me most of the time. I was playing golf, and it didn't bother me. Then one of the Swedish guys said to the Scottish caddies in their own accent, he said, um, "What's the difference between a Scotsman and a coconut?" Right, and the Scottish caddies didn't know. And the Swedish guy said, "You can get a drink out of a coconut." <laughs> and I, I just lost it, man. That's perfect. You know? That's uh, funny. I, That's I great. I know they took it in good, uh, good. <laughs> I think, oh dear. Calm. Wow. Anyway, um, well, all right, Wayne. It's been good talking to you, man. And, Likewise. Uh, yeah, uh, check out your Instagram pictures as well, and uh, hopefully the, the website's going to come up soon. And yep, uh, well. yeah, yeah, and uh, hope you enjoy your travels next year. Stay alive. Thank you. Stay yeah, alive thank you for and, your time. Uh, it's great chatting with you. Yeah, all right, man. It's been fun, and then you never know we might talk again. Just after. Yeah, see. hope so. All right. Well, thank you very much, Mark. See you later, Wayne. Take care, mate. Yeah. Have a great Thanksgiving. <laughs> you too. Yes. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>